Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Hold it down here for you every single day of the NFL season. Sometimes you get five episodes a week because it's daily, Monday through Friday. Sometimes you get seven or eight episodes a week because stuff happens. Uh, and we are pumped. We're going to have a lot of episodes this week. Um, first two promo things of note. One, the Cover 3 Podcast. Today is Thursday. August 29th, college football is here. You need recaps. You need to get them locks. Come get these locks. Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Finelli are holding it down for you on the Cover 3 podcast every week, uh, giving out great bets that you should take in college football. Highly recommend you listen to them when they get, when they achieve hashtag lock unity. Good things happen. And, um, if they get on a heater, they get real hot. Uh, also, yesterday was Sportsline Day. But this is still gambling week, so we're going to continue the same theme moving along. Um, you go to sportsline.com slash join and use promo code Brinson. And if you do that, if you all do that, everyone here do that, it will cost you a dollar to do it. I'm not going to you – know, it's $1 for the first month. That's it. You get all access to DFS. We'll talk to Mike McClure about that in a minute. You get um, you get NFL picks. You get uh, every college football picks. You get fantasy analysis. Go to sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code Brinson. If everyone who listens to this podcast does that, I will get an Amazon gift card and I will be able to buy my son, uh, food, my family food for the, uh, for the week, for the month. So I'm excited for that. Um, and, uh, that's it for the, that's it for the cleanup. Uh, real quick. So we had, uh, our emergency Andrew Luck podcast earlier this week. Um, so that's the next, that's a bonus pod. We might have another mailbag bonus pod dropping this week as well. We could get up to nine podcasts because today's podcast ended up being really long and I split it, uh, Debo and I decided to split it into two parts. Uh, the first part is going to be me talking some news and then I will chat with Mike McClure of sportsline.com about DFS, uh, approaches, strategies, week one plays, stacks, correlated stuff. Uh, if you're not into DFS, I mean, it's fine. I, I just think if, if you're into fantasy, if you're into gambling, it's probably in your wheelhouse. You should check it out. It, it is fun to do. I like doing a DraftKings lineup or two uh, basically every week of the season. I think there will be a lot of you guys who listen who end up doing it. So we wanted to have kind of a you know, a, a DFS day, basically. Uh, and then we're going to talk to uh, Brandon Guptill, a.k.a. Gup. From gupscorner.com, uh, a good buddy, a good, good friend of the show, awesome dude. I don't know if you, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, good of all, all the details and the website stuff. Uh, but he and I ended up talking for a long time, like 45 minutes. Um, that's on me for mismanaging the time, but it was a good conversation, uh, about certain bets he likes, DFS strategies, et cetera, et cetera. He won like 400 grand in golf, uh, last year alone. And so that's going to be the second part of the pod. It'll be a, a separate release, but, uh, let's dive into some news. And, of course, it wouldn't be a, a week in the world if we weren't talking about Carly Lloyd. No, I'm just kidding. But we are talking about Carly Lloyd. The uh, the women's uh, national soccer player uh, appeared on NFL Network with Lindsey Rhodes on Total Access uh, and said that she got some, quote, pretty serious offers. From NFL teams. Anonymous NFL teams, not at all known as the Bears. Like I said, I have a game this Thursday, which I happen to be playing in Philadelphia. It's, uh, and she also plays, uh, they had a friendly 
U.S. Women's National Team is a friendly against Portugal on Thursday uh, at Link- the Eagles Lincoln Financial Field, so she couldn't do it. That takes precedent. Um, she potentially probably would have entertained the idea of kicking an NFL game, according to what she said. Um, it's not something I would have passed up. First and foremost, I am a soccer player. But it's been crazy. A casual day, me just having some fun, being competitive and kicking field goals, went to being the most talked about news around the globe. It's just crazy how all of that works. I mean, look, here's the reality. The Bears should be calling every man, woman, child. They should call Air Bud. They need to call everyone on the planet who can kick a freaking field goal and see if they can get that person in to make field goals for them throughout the season. If it's Carly Lloyd and she has to shatter a gender barrier so the Bears don't miss the playoffs because their kicking game sucks, who cares? I mean, go get a dog. Get a cat. Get an armadillo. If my son could make a 55-yard field goal, I'd call the Bears and be like, you need to get him in ASAP because that's just... You just need a kicking game and the Bears don't have it. Um, look, there's no denying that. Um, talking about the obstacles, Carly Lloyd said. I know there's some challenges involved with this. I know that there's probably some players and people and everybody around the globe think this is the craziest thing. But then I also see it from one perspective of maybe this is kind of something that's going to break down some barriers and give people, women especially, the confidence to know that maybe they can be a part of any NFL team as a kicker. She's not wrong. Go do it. Who cares if she's got to wear a helmet and pads? She can go do it. It's ridiculous. Sean Wagner McGuff, um, a, a colleague, podcast guy, wants me to send him another podcast shirt after I already brought one to, ah, to Fort Lauderdale. The guy's so desperate. Um, I wrote an article about why Carly Lloyd should be a candidate for the Bears, and I agree with it. Uh, Jadavid Clowney, apparently, according to a report from NFL Network's Mike Garofalo, uh, is willing to miss games. Hmm. This one could go to the regular season, Garofalo said on NFL Total Access on Wednesday. I know a lot of people are looking at this saying, is Jadavid Clowney really going to punt a $1 million per week instead of a game, two, three, or whatever? Yeah, at least according to what he has told other people. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are circulating heavily, as we talked about with R.J. White yesterday as a trade partner. Um, Jadavid Clowney was allowed to go talk to Brian Flores about possibly going to the Dolphins. Interesting. Uh, the uh, Seahawks, he was not allowed to visit the Seahawks, which is weird. Like, you'll send him to a crappy AFC team, but you won't send him to an NFC team to get something in return? I, what do you, who's running the show? Oh, that's right. They don't have a GM. No one's running the show. That's right. They don't have a GM. So this is going well. And whatever team they hypothetically trade him to can't sign him. So the whole thing is a, is a total nightmare. Uh, and, of course, we have Zeke Watts 2019. Um, it's too late in the evening as I'm recording this intro for me to call my buddy Zeke. But we need to get that back up. I, I like the idea of that bit. It sort of fell apart. Zeke has a life, a chi- my godchild. I talked to him the other day, though. But I did uh, I did actually, fun fact, Zeke, my, my friend Zeke, was refusing to pay his fantasy dues. He was holding out, if you will. And um, he, he lives up in D.C. in uh, Alexandria. And I, uh, I hopped on 1067 The Fan with Grant Paulson and, uh, Grant and Danny, their show, and, uh, and called Zeke out on air and shamed him into, and they shamed him too, and he paid me within minutes. So I shamed my pal Zeke, who was holding out into, 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 into coughing up the cash. Maybe Jerry Jones should go on the air and shame Zeke Elliott. Actually, that's exactly what he did. Uh, he, more media, Posturing from Jerry Jones, he went on the Sh- uh, Shannon RJ show on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. And we got some clips here. Uh, first, uh, Jerry was discussing the idea that there is no deadline for a Zeke Elliott deal. Uh, not really at all. Uh, 
uh, a lot of things happen when we start missing games. But, uh, uh, guys, you know, uh, uh, you miss can miss games uh, with injury. We have to be prepared uh, to be trite. We have to be prepared to uh, uh, play without any given player. Uh, and um, uh, that's just a given. That's not unusual business in the NFL. And uh, we played without uh, players for suspension. We played without them for injury. Uh, it'll happen again this year. And uh, we may very well play without a player that uh, uh, is uh, not coming in on his contract. So if that's the case, we'll just play. And we'll play, and we'll play well. We've got, we've got a, a, a really, I think, talented young team put together. It is so difficult to, like, deal with. Jerry Jones audio clips because you're, you're like, all right, he's about to stop talking. And like, then he just keeps going and he keeps going. Um, he was also asked about when exactly he might, uh, he might, you know, like, when does he hope Zeke will get in there or like, does he need Zeke in there to get his full workload? He said, that's not and the case. That, uh, listen, uh, we've got a marathon here and we want Zeke when we get to the playoffs. We want Zeke when we're, uh, in the, uh, uh, dog days of this season. And uh, as you well know, you have to uh, plan your personnel and you uh, uh, have to uh, manage. Uh, you have to manage uh, a player uh, the caliber of Zeke. You have to, uh, as to what parts of the game you use him, how much rest you use him. Uh, and so uh, a fresh Zeke, as we got on into the end of the season, would be great. Jerry Jones. So that's not ideal if you're a fan. I've been telling everybody who's asking me, you know, draft Zeke. You don't flinch. You draft him. I still think he's going to be in there. I still think he'll be back. Um, I am, I ha, I look full disclosure, guys. I have not drafted Zeke at all. And that's not because I'm, I'm scared. It's just I just haven't drafted him and I'm okay with that. Like he just, I just haven't had a top four pick in a draft this year. Or if I have, I had like a top three and I took Barkley or CMC or Kamara. So, I mean, like I'm not avoiding him, but I mean, you know, if, I mean, look, look, I don't know. Look, it's getting kind of close to the season. Uh, I think what's going to happen is it's an Aaron Donald style, style thing where Zeke reports back at the last second, misses maybe one game and then the Cowboys bring him back and he's dominant for 15 games. And that, that would be fine for purposes of, uh, fantasy perspective and for the Dallas Cowboys. If it lingers on and Tony Pollard doesn't play well and they lose games, it's going to get ugly. Now, if Tony Pollard plays well and they win games and Zeke's sitting out, it might get uglier. So I, I don't know. I think, I think he'll be back. Just my gut feeling. Uh, we'll see about Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's been tweeting a lot. Uh, one more thing though from Jerry Jones in this, uh, this, this program with Shannon RJ again on 105.3, the fan in Dallas, a, a great radio show, uh, station, great radio show. Um, Tremendous radio show. They, uh, they asked him like, Hey man, Demarcus Lawrence got a deal done when he showed up and, and, you know, and you guys talked face to face. Do you think it would be better to, uh, to have Zeke face to face? And his answer was very interesting. I'm quicker. Of course you eliminate, uh, uh, that's always been, uh, the issue with me and my approach to managing the Cowboys. Uh, you eliminate when you, Cut out people in between uh, the money and the uh, the, the player. Uh, we all know that agents, attorneys, uh, all have their agenda. Uh, by the way, they're all taking money out of the pie too when they're there. Uh, 
And so uh, the straighter it goes from the uh, from the uh, source to the one receiving it, nine times out of ten, uh, that's more efficient. And so I'm a big believer in directly, and I do that everywhere. So, again, it's impossible to cut Jerry off. Uh, like you don't know when he's going to stop talking. He just keeps going. They, they didn't know either. Um, that actually drew a little bit of ire from, uh, from, I, I would, I mean, I would assume like, so Mike Garofalo, who we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, pointed out that maybe, uh, Jerry Jones didn't, um, maybe didn't, maybe didn't make agents happy when he said that. Uh, I would, uh, I would, I would guess that, that, that people didn't like that because, you know, if you listen to what, um, you know, like sort of Garofalo said, the team is notorious for trying to go around the agent. Um, sorry. The team is notorious for trying to go around the agent, going right to the player and getting the player to believe, Hey, it's better to be a Dallas Cowboy. Garofalo said an agent told him on Wednesday. Um, and you know, uh, it, it's not the sort of thing that is, um, is, is sort of frowned upon, right? It is frowned upon by the, uh, by, by the NFL and the NFLPA, as Mike Forio writes, make no mistake about it. Dealing directly with players who are represented by agents violates the collective bargaining agreement and it violates applicable federal labor laws. In other words, if Zeke, if Jerry Jones goes to Zeke Elliott and he negotiates a deal with Zeke Elliott around Zeke's agent by talking to him in person, it violates labor laws. And um, I think what Shannon and RJ were talking about was when DeMarcus Lawrence came to Dallas and his people sat down with, with the Cowboys and they sort of hammered something out. It just made it easier to work through things. Very different story than Jerry flying to Cabo and, and having Zeke meet him at the airport and banging out a deal. Um, I... Who knows? I mean, it's for whatever reason, the, um, the, the Cowboys get away with this, uh, in a, like, I, it's hard to explain. Like, Jerry can say stuff and he has a lot of power, but he also says stuff and sometimes it's, it's misconstrued, not misconstrued, but it's like taken in a different light and he's able to get away with it. And so maybe that's the case here. What, whatever. Zeke Watch rolls on unabated. Uh, we're going to roll on unabated after the break. We're, again, we're going to talk to Mike McClure. Got about 25 minutes maybe of that with Mike talking DFS, DFS strategies, sleepers, teams you should check out. Um, and then we're going to take a break. And so like we'll end with Mike and I'll, I'll say something after the, you know, after that, that episode. And then we will go uh, a second podcast we posted with Gup, uh, breaking down his thoughts on the, uh, 2019 NFL season. So we'll right, re- be right back after this break. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, 
Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. All right, joining the show now, as promised, sport, Sportsline Day, right? Sportsline was uh, was yesterday across CBS. We talked to R.J. White for that. And now Sportsline expert uh, Mike McClure joining us. Uh, Mike, long time, no hangout, buddy. Yeah, it's been, a, what, almost <laughs> a week? Yeah. Four we, days, five yeah. days? Yeah, it's been what, a while since I've seen your were, face. Were you able to get uh, the delicious scent of Jester's out of your clothing? Because it took me a – I walked into my house on Friday. Jester's, by the way, is a bar in Fort Lauderdale that allows uh, people to use tobacco. We don't, but but it stinks in there. And um, and uh, I walked – I got home and, like, immediately threw my stuff in the washer. My wife gave me the side eye, like, why does your stuff smell so bad coming back from a five-day work trip that you're sprinting to the washing machine? But eh, alas. Yeah, no, I actually – I feel really bad for the person next to me on the flight because that jacket <laughs> I was wearing to there, I didn't sleep for the flight that I had three hours later. I just wore what I was wearing to Jester. So somebody was next to me oh. on that plane back to Austin, Texas. Oh, man, that's rough. I would rather uh, – I was sitting next to a lady who uh, was wearing an exposed uh, shirt on her stomach, and it was not flattering – and she also ate a uh, foot-long toasted sub. And I would have read, but that, like, now think about that. I'd rather be that than sitting next to you uh, with post-jesters lingering all over you. <laughs> uh, if you want Mike's DFS analysis, as well as expert picks, tons of information, uh, algorithms running out of control, running wild, and giving you information that you need to win your fantasy league or to win your DFS entry, make sure to go to sportsline.com slash join and use the promo code TROPHY to get your first month for one buck, nine ninety nine a month thereafter. It's really like the, it's a, the dollar for a month is a steal right now right Mike absolute steal because you're still like look you got NFL week one coming up but you get college football you get major league baseball we've got NASCAR going on golf will be back again in two weeks it's not just for the NFL you get access to every single sport we cover on sports line uh let's say somebody is interested in gambling in DFS which yeah what this podcast today is about um and they go to sportsline.com and sign up using promo code trophy uh for their first month for a dollar where would you tell them to go first like what's the biggest thing that you've seen on sportsline right now that you think you would attack if you were a new member i would initially go right over to the daily fantasy hub you'll be able to see week one optimal lineups from me you'll also be able to see my projections on the site uh once you get there you'll be able to see again projected fantasy points for every single player in articles, I will also be sharing some tidbits on projected ownership and my player pool. Uh, so definitely just head over to the Fantasy Hub, the daily fantasy portion of the Fantasy Hub on Sportsline. All right, there you go. You need fantasy is a drop down. You click Daily Fantasy Hub, and there's a pile of articles with optimal uh, lineups, including uh, if you're if you're listening, you really want to go full DGen on it. Uh, week four preseason optimal lineup for FanDuel and DraftKings. I've never done a DraftKings preseason. Maybe I'll start tonight. We're recording this. Recorded this on Wednesday. Uh, it goes up on uh, Thursday, and um, like. I mean, I'm not going to tell you who, who you got, but like, let's just suffice to say that some, I, I like the JJR Sega Whiteside plug in there and I, I don't want to give it away, but I feel like that's a, a Jaws is with Deshaun Jackson hurt. He should step up, maybe get some more reps this week. 
yeah, he should definitely step in there, take a few reps, but it is a monster of a slate, <laughs> like 15 games yeah. for a preseason week four. It's wild. The one interesting thing about preseason is there's no pricing. Oh. Every single player is the same price. So oh. you can literally play anyone you want to in the preseason. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Okay. Um, but obviously in week four, you're not going to play like Cam Newton since he got hurt in week three. I mean, you know, and you guys will have the full optimal lineups there to help people uh, figure out the best players to play, most likely snaps, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's dive into some more DFS action. Um, once we get, like, I, I don't know that, uh, everyone who listens to this is necessarily, um, a, uh, a, a full-time DFS player. What would be your biggest piece of advice for a first, like, I, in my opinion, I, maybe we talked about this when we were in Fort Lauderdale, but I think you're going to see a lot of casual fans move maybe from season-long fantasy and kind of dip their toe in, in DFS this year. What would be your biggest piece of advice for a, uh, a casual DFS player starting out? The number one piece of advice is if you're a casual player, you're new to FanDuel or DraftKings, playing DFS sites, you have an account. They allow you to play beginner games for around your first 50 contests where you're only playing against other people who are beginners. So those other beginners likely don't have the edge that we're providing you with Sportsline. So you should be able to come in there, really start to grow your bankroll. And I know it's exciting to try and play for a million-dollar first-place prize, but you should definitely be supplementing that at the very least in some of these beginner contests. Yeah, as I told you, like, and I talked to uh, uh, Gup about this too, but, like, I I played a Millie Maker every year, every week for, like, 16 weeks, and I literally just set – I mean, whatever 20 times 16 is on fire. I mean, like, you know, I, 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 I would place once every like three weeks and I'd win 30 bucks and I think I'm about to break through and I would have some good picks, but you just miss on like one or two players at all. And it's, it's easy to, to see that come apart. Um, there are cash games and there are GPPs. Cash games are, of course, uh, you know, like the first top 50 you play head to head, uh, top 50% of the, the, the league wins or a GPP where, um, you know, it's a big tournament and the guys at the top win a ton of money similar to like, a poker event what is it better for beginners to play cash or gpps in your opinion i would definitely recommend they have some exposure to cash games um i I think that you should always throw a lineup in a tournament as well uh look at it kind of as an insurance policy you do not want to be out there and have one of the best lineups in a 50 50 contest (laughs) that would have you know 500 extra money when you're literally going to two extra money by not tossing it in that tournament. So I don't think it's a clear situation where you should play one or the other. You should certainly play both, but you should definitely be playing more cash games than tournaments in the beginning. You know, and, uh, and the reason for doing that is that if you win the cash, like you're like your threshold for winning a cash is much lower than for winning and breaking even in the GPPs. And so if you can make the money off the cash, you can supplement your bankroll if you're not winning in the GPPs. Um, what, what, how, how important is it in the NFL and DFS to zig uh, instead of maybe when, when everybody else is zagging or to zag when everybody else is zigging? Oh, it's certainly going to be important to do it. You just have to do it intelligently. Um, so, you know, there will be certain weeks where we're going to have a backup running back that's $4,000 when a normal running back is maybe $7,000. There's going to be situations like that where it's just obvious chalk and there's really no reason to fade it. Uh, it's just simply too good of a value to pass up. Whereas if you have a value, you know, a mid-range wide receiver, for example, or like a chalk defense, like if we all know it's one spot against, you know, it used to be against the Bills, we would pick on the Bills. Right. Like it's definitely a spot where you'd want to zag a little bit away from the herd there. Uh, But you're certainly not going to be doing it at positions 
like some of those value running backs that are clear injury opportunities. And, and then, you know, when you talk about running backs and wide receivers and how to build a lineup, is it a, um, are you like, how, what's more important to you? Do you target high end wide receivers and then build out cheaper running backs? Um, does it matter the format like FanDuel versus DraftKings or do you go, I mean, like what's, what's, what's the play in terms of positional value there? And, and how does it, you know, how does it compare to like, cause like, you know, in season long fantasy leagues, if you overdraft a quarterback, you're an idiot. Uh, does that apply here too? It doesn't necessarily apply here because the, the beauty of daily fantasy is we're taking advantage of when an injury happens, pricing comes out for week two before week one finishes. So if someone gets injured in week one, we're going to have value in week two instantly. Uh, so you really just listen to the slate to kind of dictate where you pay up. I will say, you know, in cash games, it tends to be we're going to pay up at running back. We're going to get the studs. So like in week one, that's going to mean Christian McCaffrey is going to be in your lineup. Uh, is it just a PPR monster, especially on DraftKings? And there's going to be cheap value wide receivers that are going to fill it in. They're going to have a healthy target volume that's going to allow you to get there. Now, if you're playing a tournament, you're likely going to end up in trying to take down win a million dollars. You're going to need a highly correlated lineup, which is mean you're going to be stacking or handcuffing a quarterback with either a running back or one to two receivers. Uh, you're going to make correlated plays in terms of running backs and opposing offenses. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to go about it there. But in terms of building a high floor cash game lineup, you're almost always jamming in stud running backs like Christian McCaffrey. Okay. And so when you say correlated plays, stack plays, uh, sort of break down maybe an example of like one you would look at, uh, for even in week one, if you have it in front of you, um, stack, of course, is the, the, uh, you know, we talk, I, you know, it's running back plus, a, or I mean, a wide receiver plus a quarterback. Uh, but the correlated plays, I think, are even more interesting because, um, you know, if you, if one team is running the ball a bunch and winning, right, uh, that, that leads another team to potentially pass the ball a ton, right? Exactly. Yeah. So one typical correlated play, like it's going to vary, obviously, team by team and every situation is unique. But one correlated play you'd be looking to make again is, say, Ezekiel Elliott. If you're playing with him when he's playing for the Cowboys, you'd likely be targeting the other team's quarterback and wide receiver, two typically as wide receiver. One is maybe struggling as that offense is struggling to move the ball. The Cowboys are ahead running the clock. They're going to be forced to throw more. Wide receiver two should see an increase in target volume and uh, output there. So that's one example of a of a correlated play. Um, and uh, you know when you do when you're trying to figure out which game to pick a stack from or which game to pick a correlated play from, do you obviously you lean more on your projections and what the computer tells you? But do you look at over unders from Vegas as well? Does that factor into it? I, I definitely do. So I don't use Vegas data at all and when I'm running my simulations or producing my projections. However, I do use it when I'm making ownership projections because mm. the majority of the field, the majority of the public is going to look at those games. So if I look at week one right now, we see one of the highest totals on the board at 52. Uh, that's going to be the Kansas City-Jacksonville game. You can almost guarantee that you're going to see you know higher ownership levels in that game on average. Uh, so because of that, when it comes to like making correlated plays, one thing you need to be thinking about or should be thinking about if you're playing multiple lineups is, okay, this game is the highest total. The public thinks it's the highest total. What happens when it 
is 10 points lower than that. Mm. How can I capitalize on what is supposed to happen? When that doesn't happen, how can I benefit the most? Well, That's what you should be thinking about. And and I don't know if you know this or not, but oftentimes the NFL doesn't go as everyone thinks it's supposed to go because it's <laughs> football, it's weird, and if it were easy, no one would care and we'd all be rich but, and, and Vegas wouldn't exist. What um so how so in theory, how would let's say that the Jaguars defense comes out and locks down the Chiefs? How do we capitalize uh, on that from a from a perspective of fading what will probably be a highly owned Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, Damian Williams, whoever else. Yeah, so what you're going to look at there is you're going to want to like pregame look at like my projection on Sportsline, for example. Look at, you know, someone in a very similar price range to Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. And you're going to be looking at projected ownership data on those players. And you're going to be trying to make the best decision again while making a correlated lineup so if i were to take someone else like say i want to take cam newton instead of uh patrick mahomes when i do that instead of tyree kill i'm likely going to want to put curtis samuel in the lineup i'm going to want to try and make that correlated play get that stack that's going to change the roster construction a little bit but what you're really looking to do there is you're looking to Make a pivot on one to two of those plays while keeping the rest of your core still intact. Because like we all know, like for example, week one, we're probably all going to play carry on Johnson. Right. Just a, a great value, great spot there. You're going to want to leave him alone in that lineup. You're not going to want to touch that even though you might have additional salary to upgrade him there. But you're going to want to pivot from Mahomes down to Newton, and then you're going to find some differentiation there based on what you have to do to make that stack with Cam Newton. Well, it's interesting too, like, and I think the Cam is a great example because you look at that. Like, I, I, don't, I think if you had asked me, and by the way, hello to Chief, your dog. Uh, this is a dog-friendly podcast. Uh, George, my idiot, uh, King Charles Cavalier, usually storms up here at some point during the show. I got him locked away right now. Um, but the, the Pan- Panthers and Rams, I think that the public would, if you ask some random fan, like, hey. What do you think the over-under is for Panthers-Rams? They'd be like, uh, 43 or something like that. Because it's, it feels like two defensive teams that don't score a ton. I mean, it's 50 and a half. I mean, that is a big over-under for that week one game between uh, two teams that are defensive, at least stereotypically defensive. Additionally, you add in Cam's injured uh, injured foot, a general public dislike of Cam Newton, uh, questioning about the Panthers. And I think you're right. Like Cam is a pretty good value play there. And if, if for some reason the Chiefs score – 20 and a half, 21 points instead of the 28 or 30 points that people are expecting and the Panthers go off for 32. Maybe, maybe you have a little play there. Is, is McCaffrey an okay, uh, 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 stack there with Cam because of his short passing receptions? Absolutely. Yeah. Cam and uh, Christian McCaffrey have a very high correlation there. Right. Uh, you're like, you could play Christian McCaffrey on his own and you likely will. I'll have McCaffrey in literally probably 75% of my week one lineups, wow. if not more. Um, just because the pricing allows you to do it, there's a lot of value out there. There's some cheap defenses I like. So McCaffrey will be there, but yes, absolutely stack Cam Newton, McCaffrey, and Curtis Samuel together. I think that that is a very, very viable option if you're looking to target the Panthers. Wow. Okay. All right. I like it. Uh, I like the Panthers plus three too. Any, uh, anybody else stand out to you as a week one value from a DF- DFS perspective? Um, yeah, initially I, I just mentioned him. Curtis Samuel's a great value there. Um, Carry on Johnson, we kind of mentioned he's going to be he's right on the edge of being too popular and the chalk. It, it could really go both ways. I will probably take a stance, you know, in terms of I'll, I won't really be overweight or underweight towards the field. I'll be basically whatever my projected ownership on carry on Johnson is. That's kind of going to be where I'm going to be at on him. OK, so with carry on, let's say it's like 20. Well, 
what's an average, what, I mean, what would be a good, what would be a rough approximation for where you think carry on Johnson will be in 25%? Yeah, I think he'll be around 25%. Okay. So you, so a quarter of your leagues will have carry on Johnson, which means you'll have like at least some carry on Christian McCaffrey crossover there, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, in like an optimal type lineup that, you know, if you're projecting median fantasy points, that's going to be where a lot of the field is going to end up. You'll see slight differences at quarterback and then whatever wide receiver or tight end they're handcuffing with. And then depending on defensive strategy, whether they're paying down, paying up, uh, that's where you're going to see some differences. But McCaffrey and Carrion Johnson are certainly going to be uh Two of the most popular running backs in week one. Uh, McCaffrey's hard to get in drafts, but, um, what about, carry on, I got in like the third round the other night. Anybody else that Sportsline likes for the full, uh, that your projections like for the full season at running back that might be worth, uh, I mean, you know, not, I mean, obviously not like Kamara, Kamara, Zeke Elliott, like, yeah, like very impressive that you like those guys. I mean, like maybe some sleepers who are, are kind of creeping up or even second or third round guys. Um, not a ton of sleepers there. I know one that we're not super high on is David Johnson. I know there's been a lot of little hype there, obviously with Kyler Murray in town. They think that, uh, things might improve for him there, but, uh, the sports line model is definitely down on that, but very high on carry on Johnson, as you mentioned, not to keep talking about him, but no, I, uh, I will project a, a thousand yard season for carry on Johnson. This okay. Year. I think he's well, going to get there. What do you got for Dalvin Cook? This is a, this is a pro Dalvin Cook podcast. I took Dalvin Cook to win the, uh, NFL rushing title. Um, RJ White was out in Vegas and took it for me. So, uh, what do you think about that? No, I, I like Dalvin Cook as well. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what a lot of DFS players do because I think where you're looking is week one, you can go someone like Kyler Murray or Carson Wentz and Christian McCaffrey, or you can pay up for Cam Newton, Patrick Mahomes and drop down to Dalvin Cook. Huh. Uh, there's that, that's going to be uh, a popular decision that we're going to be forced to make. Um, you know, whether you're building lineups by hand or when you're optimizing, but you're going to be forced to make a decision around that. Uh, and the honest answer is I'm going to have combinations of both when I have multiple lineups in week one. How, how many lineups will you have going in week one? Is it like a thousand or like five thousand or like seven? Uh, well, closer <laughs> to seven than five thousand, but, uh, so like in the millionaire maker, I will probably end up between 25 and 50 teams. Okay. All right. Cool. And that's, you know, 20 bucks a pop. It's not cheap, but like if one of those hits, you've paid for your entry. You know, if you, if you pop, you, you pay for your entries, uh, for Absolutely. a long time. What, uh, how about, uh, from a gambling perspective, does anything stand out to you from, um, from week one, whether it's over unders or, or point spreads or even player props that, that provide value? Yeah, there's a couple games I like. I mean, I, I like this kind of a homer pick there. You're going to say that since my dog's name is Chief, but I, <laughs> I did bet on the Kansas City Chiefs at minus three and a half on the road. Um, I, I, I'm a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. I think he's very good. He pops off very well in my model. So that's one that I like. Another, so, I so it's a bold still, stance. I like it. Huge on Mahomes. Yeah. yeah, good big on Mahomes, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, another one. I, I'm still a, uh, I'm a Kyler Murray truther until I can no longer speak publicly. <laughs> so I, uh, I I like that a lot. I'm holding out here just based on the betting data that I'm seeing. I think there's a chance that Detroit moves to uh, minus three in this spot. We might be able wow. to pick up Arizona plus three at home. They're at, you know, plus two and a half right now. So I actually haven't fired on it yet. Uh, but if I even if I don't get the movement I like there, I'm going to be taking Arizona. They will win in Kyler Murray's debut. Wow. Oh, see, I like it. They might. Uh, I like to do uh... – I like to mess with my local guy and throw out some money line underdog parlays every week, like one every week, just a three teamer that if it hits, he's just irate about it. Um, no. so, uh, I may throw the Cardinals in there. I like a little home, maybe Cardinals, Panthers. Ooh, I'm liking where this is going. 
Cardinals, Panthers, not not Jaguars, right? Uh, not the Jaguars for me. I like the Chiefs, but yeah. Um, Cardinals, Panthers, yeah. and uh, Dolphins. Yeah. Sportsline likes the the Ravens, but I I knew that coming in before I even looked at the data because Stephen O's and is in charge of plugging the uh, plugging parts of that in. Um, I right, I have to find another underdog, but I think I could I think I could talk myself into eh, maybe the eh, maybe I'll just go to the Broncos. They're minus one fifteen. That's close enough. Um, all right. Uh, what what else if you're looking at um, do your projections spit out that you would somebody that you found yourself like a team or a player that you've really been locking into that you that you think is a um, somebody that can benefit, somebody that people should be on that can benefit you, whether it's like a, a wide receiver who's a sleeper or a player that gives some value in week one or down the road, anybody that, that pops to mind? I mean, I've been very high in season long drafts early here in DFS. Everything the model's very high on the Carolina Panthers, honestly. Oh. Uh, I honestly, I, I love the idea of a futures bet on the Panthers to win the Super Bowl in, here. In full, I, in full disclosure, we did not just, I think we may discuss this in Fort Lauderdale. We didn't discuss this, uh, prior to the podcast. So like, I'm not just asking Mike to prop up the Panthers since I bet on them. Oh, no, definitely not. I, yeah, I haven't talked to you about the Panthers ever, honestly. Yeah, I don't I, think we uh, did talk about it. I, I, no. I took the Panthers to win the Super Bowl at 60 to 1. I love their over and I love them to win the division. So, um, I'm, the floor is yours, but continue. Yeah, no, definitely on the Panthers there. Uh, still high on the Chiefs. I think that, uh, you'll see, the best thing that could happen would be the Chiefs to not play well in the first week or two and some people come off of them. Um, you know, the offense is just simply too good. So you're going to be targeting them in DFS until the price point really goes up. Um, other guys, I think they're going to see a lot of public action on Tampa Bay. Mm. Um, early in the season, I just for DFS purposes, uh, they they typically are throwing the ball around quite a bit. They're never super expensive. Um, I will say I'm a little lower than the public on some of the Tampa Bay players, like Chris Godwin, for example. Yeah, Chris Godwin's a little pricey for me. It's like fourth round. Yeah. Like I'm I'm taking give me Marlon Mack at that price versus Chris Godwin, who's a wide receiver too, and not guaranteed any. T- I mean, no targets are guaranteed when you're a wide receiver too. Right, yeah, I think that there's a general consensus out there that they're like thinking that he might even overtake Mike Evans as number one wide receiver, and it's just complete insanity to me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, Is uh, do you think week one is harder to play or easier to play because of the unknowns of what might happen, like in terms of a DFS or even season long? Um, I don't I don't think it's any harder. Uh, If anything, I think it's easier, um, just because mainly in DFS you're getting the most casual interest that you'll see all season. Uh, you know, it's the fresh season. People are starting out excited about week one. So there's a lot of casual money out there in the contest. And um, there's a lot of, you know, they're going to be making plays like I, you know, McCaffrey's not a good example because he's a great play, but you, you'll see some people try to draft, you know, Le'Veon, a lot of Le'Veon Bell. You'll see a lot of that because they'll see a price tag and they'll associate a name. A lot of casual players will do things like that. Um, so, yeah, I'd say, if anything, it's easier. All right. Uh, any last uh, parting words? We'll get you out of here. Uh, anybody, anything, anything else you want to throw out there besides uh, the promo code TROPHY to join, join Sportsline for a dollar for that first month? Promo code TROPHY. Get over there. Get signed up. Uh, interact with me on Twitter. I'd be happy to have all you guys over there hanging out. Uh, it's going to be a great football season, and uh, 
from the sounds of it, let's go Panthers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we are pro Panthers on this podcast, and uh, it just actually I'm wearing a, I'm wearing coincidentally I'm wearing a Panthers uh, Grateful Dead shirt right now, which is very much on brand for me. It's like NC State beer. Uh, Mike McClure, follow. Uh, it is at oh god, it's Mike four five seven four. Five seven oh. five four. Five seven five four. I was guessing. I knew. I knew it was something like that. Uh, follow Mike on Twitter and uh, check out Sportsline.com/slash/join. Use promo code Trophy. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>